Hour two of the game, Mitch Fortner, David G., Sage Williams, and, uh, well, Troy, he is gone. He's heading over to uh, Seaman High School for some Manhattan High boys basketball. 7.30 tip, that's online only at newsradiokman.com. I forgot what he was doing. So then when he just got up, I was like, dang, did we make him mad with the top ten? Oh, yeah, he's got a job to do. That's right. Thank God. I was weirded out. (sighs) What's cool about doing games at Seaman, they give you ice cream. Whoa. I don't know if they like the students make their own ice cream or something like that, but I like the principal. He takes this Dairy Queen tray around to all the media, which is like three. Yeah, yeah. But there's like 20 cups of ice cream, takes the tray around and goes, which flavor would you like? Whoa. And I'm on air and I'm trying to, you know, you know call, you know, do a little pregame and pick out some ice creams. I'm like, John, hold on just a second. We cool off on the pregame. We need to make a decision on this ice cream. You go uh, the starting lineup for Topeka uh, Vanilla. Uh, Jackie Moon, that's... I, man, I'm a I chocolate do. guy. I, I went with the chocolate. Chocolate's always a good go-to, which, by the way, it was also kind of a running thing where it wasn't necessarily a gag or anything. I just made the mistake of letting the world know on these airwaves that I had never had Call Hall ice cream. Oh. And that was true until about a month ago. I had call ice cream for the first time. Yeah. I mean, amazing. Yeah. And it was chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And I went back and got seconds. Don't you hate when people say they pop, they pump something up, they hype it up, and you go and it sucks? Or not even sucks, it's just regular. You go to call hall and you go, people are talking this up because it's good stuff. Also, my grandma makes us buy like two or three... 50-pound bags of flour from Call Hall because she swears that her tortillas are better with K-State flour. She'll make fresh tortillas to where it's like she'll be making them up, pounding them out, and she heats them up on a placa. It's yep. a little stone thing that sits on top exactly of the, what it is. the oven. Oh. Yep. And so like when they, you, you take the warm tortilla – you put some butter in the middle, and then you just wrap it up. And when she hands it to you, you still got flour, like, on your hands. Man, oh, man, oh, man. And she swears. This lady's 83. She swears that K-State Call Hall flour makes her tortillas better than they've ever been. So she man. makes us bring them up. You you got me so nostalgic yeah. about bringing up homemade tortillas. Oh. For those that don't know, DG and I go way back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I... We have a common friend. I call my cousin. We're not technically related, uh, but uh, his grandma used to be my babysitter back in the day. Man. And through this common friend, I'll just give him a shout out, Paul. Uh-huh. Give a shout out to Paul. That's how I got to know DG way back in the day. He was there for my first beer. Yeah. He was there for my first beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, this grandma, who was my babysitter, every day made homemade tortillas. Ooh. And there was a, like... Like a bowl. Mm-hmm. There was a bowl of tortillas for every meal oh, yeah. on the table. Oh, yeah. These tortillas are by far the best I've ever had. Nothing in store. Like anything you buy in store can't touch not even close. these homemade tortillas. It's not even close. And I, I, I dream about those tortillas. Yeah. They were so good. She could cook oh, yes. with a capital C. She was That whole amazing. family can cook. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, she could throw it down dude and she made those she made tortillas i had them and i was like yep yep this is how you do it the store stuff is just like paper man i don't know i still eat 
the store-made stuff because I can't make a tortilla. I don't like getting them. Me either. I do not like buying store-made tortillas after what I grew up on. Yeah, it's tough. I don't think they're they're that good. No, they're not. And I have a problem with cold tortillas. I still, to this day, it weirds me out. I remember the first time I went to a Taco Bell, I go, they didn't heat up my tortilla. And people were like, What? What? And I go, my tortilla is cold. And they're like, yeah, that's the way it's go. It is. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> you have to heat it up. Still to this day, I will, if it's a gas stove, I'll place a tortilla on like the, the tray th- or whatever, like the protector uh-huh. of, the, of the flame. Just set it on that and just flip it with my hand, whatever, just warm it up, fry it up a little bit. Yeah, that's another thing. If you're making tacos tonight for Taco Tuesday, Take the taco, put meat and beans in there, and then you fold it up like a taco, and you put toothpicks in the to- in the tortilla to like hold it together. Then you get a frying pan, put a little bit of oil in there, get it nice and hot, and fry that taco up on both sides for a little bit. Get it nice and crispy and golden on both sides. That'll change your taco game forever. Well, yeah, because it turns into a quesadilla. It's like a little quesadilla <laughs> slash tostada kind okay. of gordita action. That's the only way I ate tor- or tacos. I did not know that corn, like corn taco, and then I didn't know that the hard shell even existed until I was like nine. And somebody showed me a fast food, and I was like, what is that? Well, if I remember, recall growing up, like she, D was her name, uh-huh. the grandma, and um, miss her to this day. And uh, like she, I remember as a kid, she mentioned something like, "Well, this isn't actually a Mexican thing. Like this is like a Tex-Mex thing." I was like, "What? Like, this didn't come from where you came from?" Type. I was like, I was a little surprised. Like that was kind of an adopted thing. Uh-huh. Like even tamales. Like tamales aren't technically a Mexican dish. It's it's Native American, right? And, and it was just kind of adopted. I passed down and passed down and passed yeah. down. And that's another thing. Um, she, her, and all her kids. She taught them. Well, how to make tamales. That family's a tamale-making family for sure. Well, for they are the bomb. A few times, I remember, like, I don't know if it was, like, a week before Christmas or, like, even, like, it's a couple Christmas. of days before. Yeah. It was Christmas. Uh-huh. It would just be for hours uh-huh. making tamales. Yes. And everybody just takes a bunch home. Just take them home. And to to actually have a tamale, to make a tamale, if you stick it in the microwave to uh. reheat it, you are doing it all wrong, friend. You have to steam those tortillas or the tamales to make them taste authentic. If you do it any other way, you're just fooling yourself, sucker. You're 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 fooling yourself. I don't know how if you listen to the last seven minutes and you're not hungry. <laughs> you know, and it is like, Taco Tuesday. Yes, it is. So, although I'm not the biggest taco guy, like, oh, okay, okay. I think you know, like I've I've always said, tacos are the sliders of Mexican food. Ah! You know? <laughs> That's true, though. That's really funny. <laughs> I like that, dude. That's yeah. good. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm not a slider guy. I want, you know. Yeah, the real deal. Big, big meal. Big meal. Uh, that's also another thing. Real quick, don't try to make tamales. Because you're, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's a lot of work, for sure. I've to never get, actually done it myself. I've, but I've I, seen it done. I helped my grandma for a few years there at Christmas. Uh, she gets you know older and it gets it's tougher to make because you get the masa like the the cornmeal stuff and you're starting from scratch, and the whole process takes five ever. By the time you're done making them, you're like, 
just get them out of my face. <laughs> That's why grandma's be sending them home with everybody because yeah. they're like, I don't want to see another tamale for another 365 days. I'm tired of it. You ready to get to some Mitch Palm? Yeah. I'm hungry, so. Yeah. Can we cut this short? Let's eat up some stats and some numbers here about what Mitch Palm has been crunching to figure out. Is K-State going to beat number four Baylor in Waco tonight? You've heard of Ken Palm. Well, that guy. (laughs) Here's Mitch Palm with tonight's prediction. Honestly, I don't know how we get away with that intro. I know. That's really cutting it close. It is. <laughs> don't anybody say anything, okay, please? Can we just please continue this? don't email. Yeah. Don't call. Don't call the FCC. At the very least, you're going to get us in trouble. Yeah, and we, I don't have, I only got, I think I got It might fi- get Sage fired. Absolutely. If anybody's getting thrown under the bus, it's Sage. She's the one playing it. Yeah. She's I always do, like, I don't have any do buttons? you want me to play the intro? Yeah. Be like, well, you know, I trust you to make the right call yeah. on this one. You're the one directing the show. Um, I'm definitely not going to say yes, play it when I point at you. Uh, that's what I was going to say is like, you didn't exactly point at her. You just kind of motioned in her general direction. I wouldn't say it was a point. You told me to play it. Oh, I'm- okay. Well, throwing us under the bus now. This show is ruthless. I gotta. <laughs> Number four, Baylor. Is uh, is seventeen and two. This will be the fourth time in Bruce Weber's tenure at K State. He'll play the number four team in the country. He's one and two. Yeah, one and two. Better than zero and three. Not as good as two and one. <laughs> being being three and zero would be a, it's a dream. Absolutely. So Baylor seventeen and two, five and two in the Big Twelve. They have losses, both of them at home. They lost to Texas Tech sixty five sixty two, and uh, Oklahoma State the next game. If I remember correctly, 61-54. So Mitch Palm is like, well, you know, if Baylor is a tad bit vulnerable at home in Big 12 play, you know, put that in K-State's favor. It gives them a little bit more of a chance. Now, this game is being played at Waco in Waco, and there's a couple of things that stand out to Mitch Palm. First of all, when Mitch Palm was drinking soda Hey-o. back in the day, he was drinking Dr. Pepper. Yeah. You know, and Dr. Pepper, Waco's the home of Dr. Pepper, so kudos to Waco. But then you turn Waco into Waco, Texas, when you think of uh, David Koresh. Oh, no. Or David Koresh. 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 David Koresh and his cult. Yeah. And what is oh maybe Waco most known for? Well, the Waco Massacre in 1993. So, uh, yeah. Uh, um, not. Have you ever watched any documentaries about that? I was watching one earlier today just to kind of get a little freshened up on what happened. <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. It turned into, well, this cult might have some illegal guns, and now uh, shots are being fired, and Literal. it's going for like an hour. Literally. Shout out to uh, uh, Janet Reno, RIP. She really bungled that one. She was the um, attorney general at the time, and re- just was like, yeah, go in there and get him. Ugh, yeah, it was not bad. Good. Not yeah, good. It was bad. Uh, famous alumni. Let's get to some Baylor famous oh, alumni boy. here. Uh, you know what? <laughs> It turns out, you know, Mitch Palm lately has not liked famous alumni from other schools. Yeah. Kind of like in this Baylor list here. First one out, Angela Kinsey. She played. She played Angela on The Office. No way. No way. Well, she, you know what? She was actually up here for a K State game once upon a time, and she was in Aggieville. She's one of the famous people that have been to Aggieville. Are you serious? Dead serious. Yeah. Wow. That's so. If I was going to pick one actor from The Office. <laughs> Who graduated from Baylor? It would totally be her, just because of her character. But I don't know if she'd been to Aggieville and stuff. Dude, that's rad. I'm going to be happy all day about that. 
Next famous alumni is Thomas Harris. He is a best-selling author, author and known for The Silence of the Lambs. Oh. And also Red Dragon. Whoa. Now, Mitch Palm isn't a reader, but gosh darn it, love those movies. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Clarice. Oh, Senator, love the suit. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. Uh, love can you the do the, uh, the the shiver? The, like the, the, the mouth shiver? With a nice side of, with a side glass of Chianti and fava beans. Yeah, dude. Man. I love that movie. Oh, I love that movie. Silence of the Lame. Jodie Foster. Jo- sorry, sorry. Jodie Foster goes hard in that movie. She's so talented. Okay, sorry. I don't think I've ever, I remember watching that y- movie young. Uh-huh. I freaked out in that last scene where it's, you know. Night vision goggles. The dude's oh. pointing a gun at her, and she has no idea where things are go- are at. Dude, like that is that's a freaky scene. It doesn't the first time you see it. It doesn't get any better as you get older. You're still like, dang, that's that's crazy. It's a good movie, man. Uh, the last one is Willie Nelson. What? I mean, hats off to Willie Nelson. He graduated from Baylor. That's what the thing says. Dang, I didn't know that. Come on, Mitch. Everybody Mom. knows who he is, right? Yeah. If you He's don't know for who being is. in the the movie Half Baked, <laughs> yeah, that's what a dime bag costs a dime. <laughs> if you don't know who Willie Nelson is, do us all a favor. Just get the heck out of town. Why don't you move away? This is the forty seventh meeting all time between K State and Baylor. The series is tied at twenty three. So the winner of this game takes the series lead. So that's a that's a push. Yeah, according to to Mitch Palm. Now, there are three players that, that stand out to Mitch Palm. We'll start with L.J. Cryer, 6'1 sophomore. That's the thing. Like K-State, the, the two leaders on this team are both 6'6'1", six six you know, short guys, the smallest yeah. guys on the team. Yeah. Uh, L.J. Cryer, he's averaging 14 points a game. He is also the nation's seventh best three-point shooter, 47 and a half. That's the best in the Big 12. Uh, James Akinjo is a 6'1 senior. He's the second leading scorer, and he leads the Big 12 in assists. If there's there's only one player that's been better when it comes to assists to Nigel Pack, I'm sorry, to uh, Marquise Noel, and that is uh, this uh, James fellow from Baylor. He's yeah. good. Yeah, he's, he's good. Good. I think from top to bottom, like if you look at just top to bottom, my personal opinion, not Mitch Palm, Baylor I think is still the best team. Uh, KU would be second, but another uh, Mitch Palm player. The last one is Jonathan uh, Chamwu or Chamwa <laughs> Chachawan. Uh huh. There we go. Yes. Jonathan Chamwa Chachawan. I was really hoping Chachua. he would go to the NBA. Yeah, he's good. Because he's super aggressive well, and good. Yeah. That's the thing. Mitch Palm likes his aggression when yeah. it comes to giving another favor to Baylor here. 6'8 forward. He's off the bench and he averages 8.7 rebounds a game. He is like, you know, KU was giving K State so much of a fit when it came to offensive boards. He is going to go after those boards hard. Like, yeah. you got to box that guy out. Yeah. He is tough to stop. Man, there's so many numbers in Baylor's favor here. They're top 25 in the nation in so many categories. They're fifth in scoring margin, 13th in assists, 12th in steals. Um, they will force turnovers. They actually force 18 turnovers a game, Ooh. which is, like, insanely scary. That's not good. They have forced at least 12 in 18 of the last 19 games. Their rebounding percentage offensively is 37.5%. That's seventh in the country. And um, 
Their field goal percentage is 25th in the country. Efficiency, and that's 54.8%. That's, uh, man, Baylor looking good. Uh, They are just, they build double digits maybe better than anybody in the country when it comes to offense. They build double-digit leads. As a matter of fact, they've done it in uh, 69 of the last 79 games. They have played that's over the last three seasons. Over the last two seasons, they have built a double-digit lead, 45 of 49 games. Baylor, uh, here's another statistic. Uh, K-State, you better be winning at the half because Baylor, over the last five seasons, is 90 and 6 when leading at the half. Ken Palm is giving K-State a 10% chance of winning. Baylor final score, 75-61. to 61. Mitch Palm giving K-State a 25% chance of winning on the road. Final score, Baylor 68 and uh, K-State 58. Not saying, you know, it's not going to be a valiant effort. The Cats will compete, but Baylor finds a way to close the door, separate themselves, free <laughs> throws at the end. That's going to do it for Mitch Palm. And when we come back, Aoka Lee with the media from earlier today, going to comment on her future after this season when we come back. It's got to be impossible at this time for a K-State fan to not know who Aoka Lee is at this point. If you don't know, why don't you open your dumb eyes and realize you're staring at history here, man. You're staring at a fan, one of the probably the finest basketball player in the nation right here oh, in our backyard. And, you know... I'm just going to throw it out there. We've danced around the idea here in the subject. If you're still caught up and you're still like on the fence because it's women's basketball, grow up. Honestly, grow up, Peter Pan. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. Aoka Lee, if you was out there, Gardner, Aoka Lee would score 161. That's how, that's how good these, these, these athletes are. Women's and men's, they're so good that you would take yourself out there. First of all, you'd have to sub out after five minutes anyway. Secondly, Aoka Lee put 161 points on top of your head. And like, it was nothing. Don't discount these people because it's women's basketball. You're an idiot if that's why you're not watching them. Actually, if that's why you're not watching her, if that's why you haven't checked out because it's women's basketball, do yourself a favor and stay home, man. Stay home and don't interact with me or anybody else who just knows to enjoy good athletics when they see him. And this person is talented, so talented and dominant. Why don't you stay home? If you if you're the, if you feel that way because it's a women's basketball, stay home. Why don't you be, be miserable by yourself under a rock somewhere? I, I, after no. saying that, I don't think you would be surprised to see how many comments there were that were extremely sexist uh-huh. when the news was getting out there about Aoka Lee scoring sixty one points. It was extremely frustrating. Yeah, you like, know, it was it was pretty disgusting. It, it's like, it's gross, man, and it's just. I don't care if it's a rec league basketball game. You put 61 points on the board in regulation, no OT, just regulation. You put 61 up. You're impressive to do it against other Division One athletes. The 14th ranked team the in the country. 14th ranked team in the country? To go out there and go bing, 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 bing. 23 of 30, 61 points, 12 rebounds, and three blocks. You've never played that good in your dreams if you're out here talking about men versus women. You've never, you've never had a pipe dream that good in your life. And that young lady 
lives it every every week she goes out and just dominates just like that so if you're still on the fence honestly stay there and we don't want you we don't want you to come out anyway or if you want to be a uh, be a part of this fun ride yeah and take it all in you know k-state does have this ticket thing going on right now for 61 bucks you get into the last five home games of the season and you get a season ticket for next season. Oh, my Her God. senior year. Oh, God. I mean, honestly, when they announced that, I was like, I know they're having fun with the 61 points. That's like an insanely good deal. It's a great deal. <laughs> when you start adding up what you get and then you keep in mind $61, it's well, it's way better than that. And who's to say she doesn't go for like 122 she doesn't double up 61 next year because she's going to add something to her arsenal. You know she is. All right, let's hear from uh, K-State women's basketball player Aoka Lee earlier today with the media. Hello, Miss Lee, and congratulations again on uh, your 61 points. Uh, but it's been a couple of days now, and it's been from Sports Center to Good Morning America. For you these last couple of days, what's it been like to have all this attention? I think it's been really great just to like feel supported and, um, and loved from like my family and friends. Um, but really, you know, I still have school, I still have practice, I still have everything else. So yeah, it's just been kind of just balancing all that stuff and very thankful for Randy and everyone like helping me do it all. It was said by the broadcasters during the game. I said it on my show and a lot of people have been saying it. They felt like you made it look easy to score 61 points. For you, how easy was the 61 points? I really think it just came down to like just us executing well as a team. Like I think the guard just did a great job of getting it in there and going with what worked. Um, yeah. And really just taking it one play at a time. And my last one is uh, in high school. What was your biggest clip in high school? Um, Like 51 something around that. Yeah. Was there a certain point where you kind of realized that, that this was going to be on the table for you on Sunday? I didn't really, I didn't, I had no idea what the record even was. So, um, not really. I mean, I mean, I was like, okay, like new career high for me, but not like, I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking about like an NCAA record, um, until like I came out of the game and they like announced it. So, so you didn't even know until coach took you out of the game with, with a couple minutes left. That's yeah. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. What, what What was maybe your your favorite reaction? Just friend, family, whatever. After the game, what, what's um, one that you're gonna remember? I think just like celebrating with my teammates, um, and just like my mom. I think she cried a little. Um, but yeah, I think just like with my teammates and with my mom, and just like with like the people that are just like close to me. I know this is long, long before you were born, but Cindy Brown and has been in the record books since 1987, Rachel Bannum since 2016. What does it mean to you when you think about being in the record books the way you are right now? It's crazy. Um, it's yeah, it's really crazy to think about just kind of just hard to. I guess like wrap my mind around because I don't think like I don't think it was ever like oh I'm gonna play basketball so I can like break all these national records like that was never I guess a thought for me but it's just like an honor it's a blessing and um, you know I asked Randy about this a little earlier in the year you are age wise old enough to to go in this year's WNBA draft a lot of people think you might be a lottery pick he said that you wanted to stay there for your senior year has anything changed about that and 
also if you could say if there's any WNBA players that you look to, the centers in that league, that you sort of maybe emulate. Yeah, I'm staying another year. Um, I really love just what I'm doing for school and I want to finish that education. Um, I love the program. So, um, yeah, that's the plan right now. Um, Players that um, I've watched, I think last summer I watched a lot of film on like Liz Cambage um, and just her game. And then I think just like Sylvia Fowles, just because she's just an amazing center and like, yeah, she still does it so well. At some point, do you see yourself expanding as far out as a three point range? Cause uh, Fowles and Griner really don't do that very much. Um, Liz does, Asia Wilson does. Do you see that being a part of your game as you, as you grow? Um, yeah, I think there's always areas to improve. I think, I think it's definitely like something to look at. I think as we, just like continue to develop and stuff. So, yeah. Hey, we saw Randy's tweet about how your jersey and the game ball are going to the Hall of Fame. Um, what does that mean to you to know that's going to be physically cemented, you know, in history like that? Just kind of crazy. Like a group of us got to go out there for a three on three tournament. And it was like so cool just to see all like the history just in that place and to see players. I think Sabrina Inescu has some stuff in there and like stuff like that. And to think like, oh, like we've played Oregon when she was on the team and like that stuff. And like to think that like my jersey is going to be in there is just crazy. Um, I know K-State announced a bunch of ticket packages and things around the number 61. Uh, Attendance at games has been really, really good. And the crowds have been awesome. I guess how cool is that to see the, the success you guys have been having translate to, you know, support? Yeah, it's been awesome so far. Um, I think it's exciting just to see, like, hopefully how much it just continues to grow. Yeah. And then the last one I have for you, um, I know you beat Brittany Griner's Big 12 record as well. Did you watch her growing up at all or? Um, I did not. I really did not watch a lot of basketball growing up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what's what's the craziest or most favorite thing that's happened to you when you see all the reactions pouring in from across the country? What's one you've liked the most? Um, there's been a lot of crazy tweets out there, just like funny. Um, my teammates love screenshotting them and sending them to me. Um, I can't think of like just one, but yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't think I've seen everything. And uh, have you thought at all about, you know, what, what you can do as an encore here? I know 61 points isn't easy to follow, but have you, you thought about that at all? I don't know. I think a lot of where my mind has been at is just like preparing for our next game. I think just because it like the Big 12 isn't an easy conference and think it's kind of just like got to keep going, like celebrate it. But then it's kind of just back to business. You mentioned a minute ago, you really love school playing for Kansas State. What is it you like so much that you, uh, you know, you're bound determined to stay there the, as long as you can? Just growing up, my mom made a really big emphasis, emphasis on like sports aren't going to last forever. Like you need to have like something else because it can be taken from you at any moment. And that's just kind of what I've found here in just like my school and the master's program I'm in. And I just love it. Um, it's definitely something I want to do after sports are done, whenever that is. How are you a different player than you were at Byron? Tell me a couple of ways that it's been pretty profoundly, become pretty profoundly different since high school. Um, I think my turnaround shot has been like a really big improvement. I think I've gotten better at just like reading 
where my defender is making adjustments and I need to, and then just like footwork, I think has improved. Yesterday I spent the day of the afternoon. I mean, with the Byron girls basketball team and they were all super proud of you, but they were also very inspired by what you did. So what's it mean to you that you're uh, inspiring the next generation of uh, Byron girls basketball players? It's an honor really. I think just getting to like, represent being from Byron in that community in that high school and that program um, is really just an honor and just thankful that they've like trusted me to do that. Ayoka, I know you are such a humble young woman and so focused on your team. Obviously, you guys have some big goals. Can you talk just a little bit about this season? Um, you have some terrific freshmen in there and just the way that the team's come together so far. I think the freshmen have been just like such a great addition to our team. Just their like mentality of wanting to come in and work hard every day has been really great and then just like all the different personalities i think we have has just made like our culture just so much better um and everyone just like loves coming in every day loves working hard together and all that stuff has just been really great probably about 20 years ago k-state was really on on the map and women's basketball uh for sure with uh like nicole oldie and kendra wecker and megan mahoney and Lori kane some real superstars in this group and you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, Scott Van Pelt's talking about you on Sports Center and things like that and talking about K-State. How, how does it make you feel that 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 because of your your efforts that people are really taking note of K-State? Yeah, um, I think it's really exciting. I think when I just think about it, I think it just goes back to like our fan support. Um, like, I think we all love playing in Bramlage and even more so when we have like when it's packed with fans. So I think it just makes me excited for to continue playing in Bramlage and like to continue having support and like for that support to grow. Aoka Lee, 1000% dominance, 0% ego. Perfect. Sorry, buddy. You no, yeah, that's perfect. That is perfectly said. She's a sweet kid and smart, real smart. And what a fantastic representation of Kansas State University. I can't think of two better athletes, her and Deuce Vaughn, to represent us on a national stage. I, I We are so lucky. And if you haven't seen her, go see Aoka Lee, man. She's awesome. The, uh, the game against Oklahoma was not the first time this season she rewrote the record book when it came to scoring in a single game in K-State history. She did it in the first game of the season against Central Arkansas, a team that's, I don't I'm pretty sure they're not that good. And then she did it even better by uh, 18 points against the 14th ranked team in the country. So uh, you're always in for a show when Aoka Lee's on the floor. Absolutely. And also with the freshmen on this team, the three-point shooters just all around. A team that has only four losses, they're now ranked back number 25 in the country. Special is uh, one word to describe them. <laughs> yeah, that might even not even be enough. You and know, also it's also important to also you know another important reason why you know the support is important and crowd showing up and not only to watch Aoka Lee but this team. I mentioned it yesterday. They're in a Big Twelve title race. Right, they're tied for first in the Big Twelve with two other teams. This is a, a tough league, just like the men are. There are six teams that can legit win. The Big 12 Conference, but not only that, K-State right now is in is a five seed in women's basketball bracketology. If you're a four seed, you host a regional. Wow. That's another thing that K-State is on the horizon of grasping with the season continuing. Oh, they got to get that. That would be fun. All right, when we come back, I teased it earlier, in 80s, 
Number one song of the day is next. I'm just going to get it out there right now. This song absolutely slaps. Yes, sir. Big time. Yeah. That's a nice usage of kind of new style of speaking. You know what I'm saying? The new kids. God, that guitar. Go and turn it up, Sage. Listen to it. To me, it's a complete song. Oh, yeah. Like, that, from start to finish, it's amazing. That, that, that's a song. That's a pop song, for sure. Like, that one is, is that's true. Yes. From 1984, Caribbean Queen, No More Love on the Run by Billy Ocean, two weeks at number one. Although, I'm still convinced he's saying Caribou Queen. I know. it's the, <laughs> the fun, It just doesn't sound sonically like he's saying that. But It doesn't. But. You know what? He did a great job. It's a great song. Yeah, he's an R&B singer and uh, songwriter born in Faizabad, Trinidad, and Trabega. Uh, I'm sorry. I messed that all up. Faizabad in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. But he grew up in England. And according to England, he is the most popular British R&B singer of the mid-'80s. I believe that. And uh, after scoring his first uh, four UK Top 20 songs in the mid-ish 70s, he kind of had a a rough patch. Like, there was about six or seven years where he just wasn't charting. Right. He had some very short success and then just wasn't wasn't getting any traction. And then all of a sudden, here comes Caribbean Queen in 1984 and puts him right back on the map, not only in England, but in the United States. Man, I can't imagine hanging out at the clubs. And this this one just it's a jam smashes all over. It oh, brings him man. to the dance floor. It, it would get me to the dance floor. Yeah, right now. It's so like ten years ago, Mitch probably wouldn't give this song the time of day. Sure, but as I've grown older, more mature, more appreciation for other kinds of music that wasn't made after you know two thousand five. Right. Um, I, I've really grown to appreciate like eighties pop music, and I I also like to dance. You know. A few pop after a few pops, of course. But, sure, uh, you know I'll, I'll get out there and boogie. <laughs> this one, it I'll get ma- out to some Billy Ocean for sure. It, it, I love songs like this. That it's you're supposed to go dance, and it doesn't matter if you're not any good. No oh, one absolutely. cares. No. That, that like that's the fear people have is that oh someone's going to notice I can't dance. No one cares when Billy Ocean's on, oh, dog. I don't is, care. When I, I don't know. I'm not a good dancer. Well, I, I have rhythm, but I don't have like any moves. Sure. Like, I just get out there and make it up on my own. I look like a jackass. No, that's what if, it is. If, as long as you're having fun, nobody cares. That's what it's about. But my favorite songs to dance to are ones that are also fun to sing. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the chorus to Caribbean Queen, like that's a good one to belt out. Oh, man. It's perfect. It's really a perfect song. And... Just that bass, the boom, bang. Oh, I love that. I love it. The 80s, man. 
God. Let's see. We're, we're not even hardly any, even through this one. Uh-oh. Uh, so, uh... In 2002, he received an honorary doctorate of music from the University of Westminster. Wait, I don't know if they also do the dog show, but... <laughs> They're Shout out to Westminster. Yeah. Uh, oh, he also became a companion of the Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts, which apparently in England, that's a huge deal. Oh, yeah. And it was presented to him by Paul McCartney. So that's that's uh, that's, that's got to be a pretty big deal. Obviously a huge, giant deal and very respectable. For Billy Ocean, 11 studio albums, 11 top 40 hits. This is his first of three number ones in the U.S. from his fifth studio album, Suddenly. The song is about a beautiful and exotic woman who seduces the singer. And uh, he, he came up with it all in his own. He kind of had the medley in his head, and then he threw in the lyrics afterwards. Opposite of what Elton John would do. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, no, it is right. Elton is a would music get the, first. Would get the lyrics first. No, lyrics first. Lyrics first. Because Bernie Toppin would write the lyrics, and then Elton would come back with the music. So yes. yeah, it is opposite. Um, did you know the original cut of the song, the album version, is seven minutes fifty two seconds? Ooh. I listened to that whole thing today. And the whole thing's good. Nah! Like the whole the whole song is solid. There's a lot more saxophone in the longer version. I mean, it, Bring it, it. it's really all solid. It really is. <laughs> but the cut down single is three minutes, 42 seconds, what you're hearing now. There's also three versions of this song, not when it comes to length, but what the title of the song is. So the actual first version of this song was called European Queen. That went nowhere. <laughs> it was released <laughs> in the UK, didn't go anywhere. So, gets back to the drawing board. He's trying to figure out this whole new formula. And then he realizes it's not the song. It's that dumb European. It's got to be something more tropical. You know, what You know what seems like a really good time. I, I'm making all this up on the fly. <laughs> he just basically replaced European with Caribbean. I, that, I, I didn't that. go anywhere with my, that explanation. I love that, dude. No, I love that. Because he goes... Everybody's cool with me being from Trinidad and Tobago. Let's go Caribbean Queen. I bet they'll like that. What do you know? And then the third version was African Queen. Ah. So if I had to rank him, what just has a good ring to it is uh, it's obvious. Caribbean, African, European. For European's sure. last place. For sure. Just doesn't have the right ring to yeah, it. Yeah, no ring. Midwest Queen. Now we're sharing. Southwestern Kansas Queen. No. But it's not sharing the same drinks, like more like sharing the same donut. Oh, sharing you know? the same Casey's pizza. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> think, I think uh, I'm onto something. Hey, shout out to anybody thinking about remaking this. Don't. Don't remake this song. Don't do it. You suck. Okay, Billy Ocean's better. I'm just going to put it up. There. I looked out there. I, like, I really didn't find any covers. I'm sure there's some out there, but yeah. not any famous ones. No. Uh, to wrap up here, the song won Billy Ocean 1985 Grammy Award for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance, making him the first British artist to win that in that category. Awesome. That's awesome. Billy Ocean, baby. You know what? Keep playing the song. Let's just go right into Ask Us Anything. You're, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I'll just, you know, Sage will get us out on time. No big deal. This is a good, uh, this is definitely turn, a good song to play. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Crank that. Um, today's Ask a K-Rocker, what, in your opinion, is the worst thing to reheat in the microwave? Ooh. 
I'm going with French fries. That's a good one. I I, I did heat up some French fries this morning. Um, Ugh, yeah, mistake. it wasn't solid. It's a mistake. It wasn't solid. French fries is a good answer. Everybody was telling me in the air fryer, throw your French fries in an air fryer, and it's like they're brand new, baby. But microwave, ugh. ew, ew, ew. The opposite of Billy Ocean. I, and I also also throw in maybe seafood, like anything seafood. I've tried yeah. doing that in the microwave. It's just not the same, of course. But hey, shout out to John Kurtz who used to roll in with shrimp, and he would he would oh, reheat it. The God. O- remember that? And it was like Kurtz, are you serious? Well, it didn't matter. I don't think it really mattered what he brought in. It just stunk up the place. It's just something with his cooking. I know. Whatever he puts it's in his terrible. Food. Saj. Oh, it's rice. When you put rice in the microwave, that's a good one. Man, fried rice, rice it just dies. You're so right. And you're like, why did I do that? Um, What do you love that most people hate? Um, I've gotten that question a lot. Um, That most people hate. Yeah, most people are like... Hate might be a strong word. Brittany Matthews? That's not. She put it out there on Twitter that hate is a strong word. And so, okay, you're a Brittany Matthews fa- or a Brittany Mahomes fan. Or Brittany Matthews. I mean, she invested into a soccer club that is now in Kansas City, brought it back from Saint L- or, uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, I think that's pretty awesome. Okay. Um, and everybody says it's, it's Mahomes' money. Uh, she has her own money, too, guys. She does. She used to be a professional soccer player. Right. And it's different. I'm sorry. It's different. When the husband is like the, the the football player, multi-billionaire, and the wife buys something with his, it's her money too. If it was the other way around, I'd be like, wait a second. I don't know why. It's just different. She can spend his money. She He's, he's got a kid with her. He, she can do whatever she wants. Well, and I did think the champagne on the fans was a little over the top. Yeah, I didn't like that. But... It, like nobody was looking at her, that yeah. kind of thing. I, that, I thought that was a little much. And but also, champagne. a lot of people would get annoyed with her because she is loud and cheers a lot on her social media. First of all, it's her social media. You're following her. Ooh. And Ooh. get them. Just because you don't like her voice or something, get them. You're gonna trash her on social media, the same platform you follow her on. Don't hate, participate, man. I'm just saying. Come on, Sage. You got anything that you love that other people hate? I'm trying to rack my brain. I mean, I can get into certain pop music because I know a lot of people really like to bag on pop music. Sure. That's like a very popular thing yeah. to just hate on. Yeah. Um, And I can say like, oh, I like Dua Lipa or, or whoever. Like, there are some pop artists and I'm like, I can, I can get with that. Yeah. And other people are like, what? I love PBS. And people, I don't hate. PBS. If you're only, if you're under seven, you love it. But the con, the content after for adults is horrible. But I love it. I can't get enough of it. You don't like Antiques Roadshow? I love Antiques Roadshow. Okay. I, I love it. I love anything that's corny. Well, like that. see, it really. I mean, PBS. I think kind of lost some valor when it lost. Uh, Sesame Street. Yeah, dude, that's a big HBO. blow. That's a big blow. That was, that's a big loss. And HBO, what are you doing? Uh, we got some time here. Uh, what celebrity good person uh, would you be crushed to learn they're actually terrible? Um, for me, it's John Ham. If I learned he was sucked, I would die. Steve Carell. Oh man! Oh, you know he's cool, but if he yeah, if he was a bad guy, oh my god. Bye. <laughs> In the blink of an eye.